You, you are, now are now tuned into the Fusebox Radio Broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah. Syndicated worldwide to bring real, real black radio back <laughs> to the masses. All right, everybody, one, two, one, two, what's going on? You're now in tune to another session at the Syndicated Worldwide Fusebox Radio Broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah. Since 1998, whether it's through your FM dial, internet radio station, podcast, or website, we're up in the mix to bring you a slice of what we call 21st Century Black Radio to the Masses, which is a mixture of old and new school music from the Black Diaspora, which includes hip-hop, soul, funk, jazz, reggae, and so forth as well as news, commentary, and interviews. On the news and commentary and mixings, you got myself, DJ Fusion. And on the side, you got my bro, John Judah. What's going on there, Judah? What's indeedy, what's indeedy, whole wide world, Fusebox Radio is on the scene. Ready to do what mean, clean as the lady. Me and DJ Fusey. What's the deal, Fusion? What's, what's going on? Doing all right, doing all right. Glad as always to be ready to crank out another three-hour show of fine tunes and views to the masses. So you know, first and foremost, we always appreciate our audience, whichever way you listen. We deeply appreciate you, and we also deeply appreciate our broadcast affiliates who spread the fuse box vibe to all the people. And with that, you can go to our blog site, blackradioback.com. And click on the um, Fusebox Radio Broadcast Affiliates link and find out all the wonderful folks and audio and written content of the people who um, spread the Fusebox love to the world. So much love to all of them. You can also check out the Fusebox Radio at any time and um, our updates and stuff via our official website, um, FuseboxRadioOnline.com, F-U-S-E-B-O-X-R-A-D-I-O-O-N-L-I-N-E.com. And for all my social network people, pretty much just about all of our social networks end with slash Fusebox Radio. So Twitter.com slash Fusebox Radio, Facebook.com slash Fusebox Radio, so forth and so on. And if you like doing the Facebook like page vibe, the Fusebox Radio broadcast does have a that type of Facebook page. You will go to Facebook.com slash Fusebox Radio Show when just type it in as one word. And click that little thumbs up button um, Helps us spread the word about the Fusebox Radio You'll get updates and um, other good stuff Through there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And lastly Shout out to our folks Over at Planetil And Ohelnaw Planetil.com and Ohelnawblog.com Respectively uh, We got the Fusebox Radio vibe representing as a part of the Writing staff of the music department Of both great websites <clears throat> Excuse me Dry, dry folk today and besides that, I'm on the promo spiel in. Um, just two more things, one of which is shouts out to um, our folks over at audible.com for being um, one of the podcast um, sponsors. We deeply appreciate them. I mean, actually get a 14-day free trial to get um, some dope audiobooks and whatnot through audibletrial.com slash fuseboxradio. Um, me, myself personally, I'm really big on um, audiobooks. I mean, I'm big on books, period, but it's pretty cool to be able to pop that into your MP3 player choice and, you know, check out some good things that are happening and whatnot. So give it a try through that link. <coughs> Excuse me. And the Fusebox Radio broadcast is also going to be representing at the Care First Half Marathon with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's team and training 
um, branch around here in the new D.C. area, also called the National Capital Area. You can go to our blog site at blackradioeffect.com. Um, on the upper left-hand side, you're going to see a little pink fundraising, excuse me, square. And if you can give um, some funds, we deeply appreciate it. Um, it's all towards a very, very good cause. And what we'll get into later on in the commentary and actual um, very good looked at um, charity in terms of the money that goes towards the actual cause. And that's for um, curing blood cancers, just as leukemia and so forth and so on. So we represented with the Marine Corps Marathon Organization last year, and that went really well. So we're doing this other um, walk in March. So shout out to all of those um, great folks and what they do. And let's see here. We got a, quite a bit to talk about this week since a lot happened this week. Um, before I do that, we just got to shout out our... Um, New segment folks over at Black Agenda Report um, with Glenn Ford and them. We got a new um, segment from them this week. Got a new segment from the <clears throat> nonpartisan media democracy organization Free Press with Media Minutes. And we have, <clears throat> oh my God, excuse me, I get some water. And we have a new segment from our family over at the Black University Radio Network with the direct FX segment. Shout out to Mom Blackman and all those folks over in the West Coast. Yep, yep, yep. And whoo, man, yes, yeah, it's, it's been a hectic week. And um, let's just get right into it. First and foremost, um, Happy Black History Month 2012, John Judah, and to our listening audience here in the states, it is on um, Black History Month. And I'm just going to put out the simple statement. I put out to a lot of people with this. If American history was able to be fully covered in a wonderful way and represent all of its peoples, maybe we would not need Black History Month. But obviously that ain't happening. And while I am one of those people who believe that black history happens every day and should be getting props every day, I don't see why not to be loud about it during February. Um, a lot of people made a lot of sacrifices and passed away for the month to even occur. Much less um, just the aspects of black history here in the States and beyond, period. So for me, I'm going to be that jerk who's going to be loud about it on the 28, 29 days during the leap year. Whatever. People um, had to deal with that as far as um, concern. And, um, as a um, student of history, that was my... Um, big major concentration in college and whatnot um it takes a lot to get to the point where you can even touch base on certain points of history whether you're studying it yourself or you're going through an academic curriculum i'm talking about basic here's how the country was founded history much less you know the different histories of all the peoples who came here um forced um migration and other kinds of migration and for people who listened to the show about a week or two ago from us talking about how people trying to warp the basic history books for kids like um Tennessee Tea Party trying to talk about the founding fathers weren't down for slavery it's like you know as the web parlance would be like WTF so there's something about black people in success that heads don't like so and I also, I also don't think being quiet about black history month is going to make anything better and in the realm of history itself, black people never progress by being quiet, especially in the United States. Yeah, 
So why am I supposed to be quiet about Black History Month? And Black History in general. And current things that are do better happening for black folks. That's just ridiculous. So for me, happy Black History Month 2012. Y'all gonna be hearing about it, so... Oh well. <laughs> Pop to everybody on that end. No doubt, no doubt, and um, hopefully people get to learn certain things. Because I was the person on that side that didn't know certain things about history and religion, metaphysics, and some of those things that were rooted in based in black and and black people and black experience. So when I did learn. Then it was like, I said, oh, okay, so I've seen both sides of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Even though I was taught a lot of that stuff at home, but I remember the time, you know, when, you know, when I was young, I was just like, what is this? When stuff seemed negative, something seemed negative, but until, you know, it was nurtured from around and I found out on my own, and that's when I realized that something beautiful about no doubt uh, no doubt no doubt and <clears throat> excuse me speaking of black history we got some real sad news um this past week a man who made a major impact in terms of the world of black music especially in the mainstream um passed away um the creator of the tv soul and business entity soul train don cornelius no doubt and for those who um, may not be familiar with Soul Train, personally, I think I came in around the last, in terms of my mainstream memory of it, around the 80s to 90s before they um, had that, before they had that transition when Don Cornelius wasn't hosting anymore. I think that was around the mid 90s he stopped hosting. And for people who talk about you know yo i was on mtv jams or bt's 106 and parking god knows what else if there wasn't the success of soul train i doubt those shows would be happening the way they are um soul train lasted for 35 years straight and it was one of those shows that um i know at least here in the states if you have centric they still show um reruns of soul train and Soul Train was very important in the pre-internet, pre-cable TV era because that was essentially the main black music show that was always on that people could access. Even when I was a kid, it was on like Saturday afternoons. And from stuff I read um, throughout this um, past few days with his passing, um, that was a lot of people Saturday afternoons. You hear that, um, at least, well, for my generation, before they did the theme change that got kind of man sounding you had um <clears throat> mftsb's love is the message playing with the little cartoon train rolling through no and um all that good stuff and they had a whole bunch of different um acts go down i mean you had everybody from james brown to jackson's marvin gay to um a lot of rap acts and other various people um come through and um mr cornelius um originally a native of Chicago, shout out to our folks in the Midwest. Um, later became a DJ and a news writer since he had people telling him that, hey man, you, you got that voice and that vibe. You need to be be doing something with that. And um, they said in 1970, he pitched um, management over at the station he was working at the, at the time, WCIU, to do um, a black version of American Bandstand. 
And Soul Train premiered um, during that year in August um, with Jerry Butler and the Shy Lights being the first guest. And things just went up and rolling from there. And as we say, with the business entity, besides him being the host and um, booker for Soul Train for the real, real long time, um, he also has started up a production company. So he did a whole lot of stuff behind the scenes. So a lot of um, our people who say they're businessmen on that and had to look at Mr. Cornelius on that and too. I mean, by 1974, he had the show carried over in a hundred stations. So you know, stuff was um really rocking and rolling and um doing some dope things. So you know, the Mr. Cornelius. Um, as of now, we don't know what the exact cause of death is. They're saying that it's um an apparent suicide. Again, we don't. We're not going to know at the time of broadcast um all the details. But um, truly, he made an impact in the world of black music. So as he would say at the end of each show, um, I wish you peace, love, and soul. And thank you for the things that you did by creating this radio show. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And uh, of course, it was a wonderful experience for me to have uh, witnessed Soul Train coming up as a kid when my family could be around the TV. You know, you know mother, father, brothers sisters and have you. That was a beautiful thing. Um, you know, Fusion basically says basically everything, but um, so I'm not going to get into too much detail. I guess we all have a Soul Train experience and how that went down and whatever. You know, and um, I think all artists were influenced by Soul Train. Mm-hmm. And um, I think... Um, you know, Don got was married and got divorced not too long before he, he you know, his death. And um, you know, it's all for you know. There are a lot of people out here who ain't. Well, let me not even get into that. God bless, God bless, God bless God, and um, and um, and all the people who like that show. All right. No doubt, no doubt. And for all my people who um get some decent access to the web, just do and uh, you go to YouTube and just search for Soul Train clips. There are so many of them joints, and like I said, so many acts came through there. Um, it's it's a music history lesson, live and in full effect. They even got some of the black and white radio clips, not radio black, black and white TV clips on there. No doubt. And um, yeah, for people who might be like, well, you know. The only thing I heard about this dude with the Soul Train, you know, music awards and all of that. Um, see why there's even a Soul Train music award by just clicking, doing that type of search and just clicking watch for a minute. That joint was the real deal. So, shout out to all them folks. Anybody that's Soul Train line, that's, of course, from Soul Train. And um, all of that good stuff whenever you had a reunion or party or all that good stuff. So, R.I.P. to Mr. Don Cornelius. Also, another... Um, music person of importance passed away who was a bit more behind the scenes but he did a whole lot um arranger and keyboardist claire fisher um he was a composer arranger conductor and keyboardist who did a lot of stuff in the jazz r&b and pop music worlds for over 60 years and um, a lot of things he did was um he worked with a lot of famous people worked with r blakely and the jazz messengers okay he uh, worked with called taser and he um <clears throat> excuse me also did um a lot of arrangements of things um for folks like dizzy gillespie with a portrait of duke ellington 
He um, worked with a popular jazz vocal group called the High Lows in the 1950s. And he even ended up doing work with um, folks like Paul McCartney, uh, Michael Jackson, Celine Dion. And uh, when I was reading up some information on him, Prince. He um, actually wrote and arranged all the orchestrations for um, Prince's 1986 film, Under the Cherry Moon. Mm-hmm. He did some arrangements for um, Prince's Parade album. And whatnot. So this one of those dudes when you maybe if you're one of those folks who likes to read through like all the um, album notes and stuff for a CD. It's one of those guys you might necessarily, if you're not that type of person, not necessarily know about. But um, he has a very, very colorful history and people can check out more info on him via the web as well. And um, yeah, he, he did some dope stuff. So, you know, RIP to him and whatnot. You also go to ClaireFisher.com and check out um, his extensive discography. I mean, to a degree, I don't want to be like a diss or anything, but he's almost like that dude who was um, worked hard but was at the right place, right time all the time, putting in work, like um, almost like a music Forrest Gump, as it were. Like he was always in the mix, but he literally was always in the mix. So, you know, big up to him um, on that. And, um, now moving on through the news cycle this past week um ooh, it's been kind of a crazy crazy week um let's get right into some some of the loony stuff because it's just all pretty loony um have you seen this video john judah um out of um, atlanta from the new birth missionary baptist church of eddie long being crowned a king by some white jewish dude Oh man, I, mm, that that joint made my head hurt during a lunch break earlier this week. Now, for those who may not be familiar with Bishop Eddie Long, um, we haven't talked about him for a while on the show actually since those um sexual um misconduct allegations um with young men which ended up being settled. There is a video that somebody got out of the church with him getting some kind of Torah scroll from some white Jewish rabbi guy or whatever and them saying a whole bunch of stuff and he gets declared to be you know he's above a bishop now he's a king and blah 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 and I'm the type where I'm like there's so much wrong with that not as a religious scholar but there's so much wrong with that religiously much less on other levels (laughs) it's a hot mess for one I'm like if you're a Christian why do you need to have a Jewish guy crown you a king secondly we'll give that Jewish guy the right to crown you a king and thirdly you know that ain't the way to be you know rocking and rolling uh, with some Torah scrolls and they got this fool being carried on this big big old leather chair with um I'm for all of our um, listeners who um, follow Judaism I'm sorry if I don't know the technical term for it right now but it's like one of those um, um prayer shawl type deals um, around his neck and whatnot, holding um these Torah scrolls and being like lifted up in the air. Now that's some devilish ish, if you ask me. Oh, yeah, that ain't right. <laughs> that's not right at all. And the web, um, the black web, and a lot of the um web who represent certain parts of Judaism were really upset at this, and I think for good reason. 
I think for good reason. I mean, even if you're not the most, you know, quote unquote religious or spiritual person in the world, this this looks like foolery. And I don't personally, I don't like foolery being trying to disguise whatever other mess you are doing to keep followers quiet and not have them look at the Bible and other stuff themselves and see what's good. But yeah, um, I'm gonna peep that at you, Judah, because I was watching and I was like, good lord, this. This is a mess. This is unfortunately the reason why some people look at um, various parts of organized religion. They're like, I don't want nothing to do with that because this looks like some BS. So I had to mention that because, ooh, that that was ridiculous. On the other end of the spectrum, actually a picture that was kind of funny. Um, as people know, we're going through our presidential, um, <clears throat> excuse me, cycle here in the United States. Um, nominees are getting put together for the Republican and what have you and um the new york times and other various photojournalists are following all of these um the last four guys around right now before the republican national convention in the spring and there is a hilarious picture that is like around which you know for the new york times photojournalist who took this picture and was able to post it up god bless them it's a rick santorum um in a church in pompeo beach florida a black church um called the worldwide christian center and they have a picture of him like he like he's making a speech and talking and god bless all of these young black children and everybody else in the choir they look bored as hell half of them is half asleep half of them are side-eyeing them i'm like see because because kids know bs when they see it and um for people who are following me on the fusebox radio twitter or on facebook page um i posted this join up because i was laughing literally at my desk for a good five minutes after I saw this joint, because it's probably one of the most real pictures I ever seen, where this is there like, mm, yeah, I ain't buying what you're selling, guy, but all right, <laughs> let's let, let's keep it rolling, whatever. That's right, that's right, that's right. Like black Jesus don't endorse you. That's right, that's right, cause it's like that he was allowed to be in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the cat tour up on top within that organization sanctioned that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other subject matter too. It's like why you know, like literally so many people are like, Why is this fool in our church? <laughs> I am not feeling this. This ain't an Obama photo off. Who's this joker? Do a little bit of reading. That dude ain't for for most people of color, most poor white people, hell, or middle class white people, but you know, that's a whole other ramble for another time frame. And speaking of people who are not for folks of a certain economic class as a whole and um, going on this entire thing with the um, RNC trying to find their candidate to run against uh, President Barack Obama this year, um, Mitt Romney, this dude, I'd hate to be his PR person. I despise being his PR person because it's like he just finds a way to put a foot in his mouth past that silver spoon he was born with or whatever. Like, he literally made a statement, I'm not concerned about the very poor earlier this week. When um, he was um, addressing the um, issue of, you know, what people need to improve the government and the economic situation and stuff here in the States. And if that's not classist as hell, I don't know what is. You're not concerned about the very poor? In other words, we sometimes understand that people, you know, talk various yang or whatever when they're on the um, political lines. But when you have 
still nationwide at least between an 8 to 10% in unemployment percentage for people here in the country. Just because you were like literally born into money, you can't be like, yeah, I ain't concerned about them poor people. You ain't gonna even front like you are. Yeah, that's that's not gonna endear you to a whole lot of heads, yo. It's it's just not going to work. And it's worse that he was just like, yeah, you know, I know them we'll hear from the Democratic Party on the plight of the poor and blah 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 and it's not good being poor. And we have a safety net to hope to help the very poor. And it's like, what safety net? Unemployment. Nobody balls out on unemployment. Nobody balls out on welfare or Medicaid or Medicare or Social Security, which the way they've been making it sound, at least since I've graduated from college 2001, I might not never see my damn Social Security come into my hands or whatever, whatever. But this like mystical middle class, I'm like a lot of people who are or were middle class are paid to pay they're kind of poor. <laughs> so, so who are you talking about? What are you thinking about? Of course he had to do the, the backward shuffle after a few days of people from the from all sides of the press getting on his case. And I think that's probably so. I mean, we have Russ Limbaugh talking about, damn dude, you coming off as a stereotypical Republican. What does that mean? Like Russ Limbaugh talking about, dude, you, ugh. <laughs> you ain't coming off right, man. You you coming off real, real corn right now. <laughs> nah. then, again, though, then again, though, we thank him for revealing his true corrupt nature. Mm. So that was good. Because that was just really what he felt. Yeah. Apologize. The apology just means that it's, it's choosing to uh, maybe a choosing something to the ear. But that's what his gut was. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I can't see anybody with a black with a voter form before he made that statement. No doubt, no doubt. And it definitely didn't help him out now. And I think if people can keep their memories right, it's not going to help them out with the general population at large. I mean, as much as they like to throw out that, well, you know, these, you know, these folks ain't his demographic anyway. It's like, um, who has a whole lot of money in America right now? Period. As much as they want to push the stereotype on people, black folks ain't the ones clogging up the welfare rolls. Right. We ain't the one clogging up the unemployment rolls. Unfortunately, I think we have a higher percentage of people who are unemployed or whatnot at this particular time frame. But we're not the ones running out or quote unquote getting a hand out and driving caddies and whatnot when nobody got no gig. A lot of people who have, if you've ever been on the side of unemployment, you want to get a gig. You don't want to go through the system if you don't have to. You know, it, it, it ain't no point of pride. When you see these um, occasional stories pop up, we see these huge lines of people trying to get um, any kind of public assistance, especially of housing. That ain't because people want to go that routine. You, you'd rather be able to earn your keep. But I mean, hell, you you supposed to starve because you don't got no money? You supposed to not be able to get sick because you got no money? That's ridiculous. But then again, you know, a lot of these cats got their um, issues and whatnot going on, and that's just nuts. That's like code words for hate, hate black people. Mm-hmm. Because of welfare and that's a, that's a code word for hate black people and that. So therefore they inflate something that never, never existed. Statistics and ideas about what that never existed. 
No doubt. Or like little cold word like food. Like Obama, the food stand president. And as I've said before on the show, I'm like, look here. I think there's plenty that one could properly criticize about the Obama administration. One, that he's a grown man and he needs some criticism. And he's president, so that's going to happen. Like, there's legitimate issues that people can get on, but the issues that one would think one would get on, none of those guys get because they want to have that power. That's all it's really come down to. They want that power and they want that dude who's brown who they really can't pin their regular amount of stereotypical dirt on out of office. And at this stage of the game, it's been about three plus years. If your main argument is, damn that Negro and his elitist, knowing how to read and be able to play the game high fluting ways in his pretty family, that's a damn problem. If that's your main argument at this time and age, that's a problem. But, you know, I don't know. Speaking of another story, very interesting story, which I'm sure more information will come about. As time moves on, I'm sure people know about the um, uh, um, hacker group Anonymous and um, the various things they've done the past few years, everything from revealing a lot of the um, Scientology information files um, to assisting WikiLeaks and other things. Um, They ended up shutting down several neo-Nazi sites owned by a dude named Jamie Kelso, a former John Birch Society member and assistant to David Duke, as well as the moderator for the white supremacist website Stormfront. Now, you want to make yourself mad? F around on Stormfront one day and see some of the crazy mess people post up on that site. Where it's like, man, if y'all don't believe y'all got some freedom of speech, I don't, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Anyway, Anonymous, through this um, particular takedown, these neo-Nazi websites, said they have recovered emails from um, Mr. Kelso. <clears throat> um talking about that um, Ron Paul regularly met with members of Kessel's neo-Nazi political party third American position it was even on several conference calls with their board of directors now Ron Paul has already been having um, a history that keeps coming when he runs about um, his old newsletters having um, racially charged talk and um, anti-feminist talk and other things and I'm sure if this stuff does come out, it's going to be bad for Ron Paul. It's, it's going to be very, very bad. And um, I'm curious to see um, how this goes down. Because, you know, Anonymous, however you feel about those cats, those cats don't play. If they got documentation, they feel like putting it out, it's going to come out. So, um, yeah, we're going to have to definitely um, sit back and stay tuned. And see what's what. News One has um, some segments they say came from these emails, and um, yeah, it's mm, it's it's interesting, man. It's it's some interesting stuff. So more to think about when these folks are on these political trails. I'm not saying you got to be Democrat or Republican, but I think you need to be smart about who the hell you're trying to back up. And that's just how it goes. And lastly, um, on the political end, a lot of political news this particular week. Um, funny how the beginning of Black History Month, so much stuff directly and indirectly that affects black folks <laughs> in the news. Um, some people might have been hearing about the, the huge controversy that happened when the Sujin G. Komen Foundation, which a lot of people know for their um, nonprofit organizational work with um, breast cancer awareness and trying to find a cure. Um, they 
ended up having part of their staff getting taken over by what they call um quote unquote I, and i say quote unquote conservatives over here a lot of the extremes of the um, republican party and they tried to take away a grant that was given to um planned parenthood specifically for breast cancer screenings and mammograms the proverbial ish hit the fan they had to give the money back due to the horribly bad pr that went down now i'm gonna put it like this people can believe whatever they want about abortion i think it's a very private matter so whether it's you know a spiritual thing whatever else if you believe all of that but the vast majority of what planned parenthood provides with their clinics is like regular basic health care including for people who who've had kids and whatnot especially when you don't got no money or like a low to middle income place you were able to you're able to hit up a planned parenthood so what would, would have been almost a million dollars out of their budget um just for the sake of people trying to be like well it's about because there's an investigation which was done by you know which is of course done by republican cats or whatever and then a whole bunch of back talking and nonsense um what could have happened on a trickle down basis would have been devastating if some of these places closed down and i find it funny that some people who want to say the term pro pro pro-life it's like they're only pro-life when you're in a womb because the second that child's born they ain't got no money you don't want to have them have get no type of assistance you don't want to have them get a decent public education. You don't want cats that got no no health care. And you don't want them to get no sex ed, which may avoid some stuff happening, whether it's disease or early pregnancy or whatever. But you pro-life, though. And then with something like this, where it's like this it wasn't going towards none of the other stuff that can cause controversy. That money was going towards freaking breast cancer screenings for people who got no money. But you were going to mess around with that, though, and I'm a little passionate about this particular aspect of things because I have family that has been affected by breast cancer from stage one to stage three. And, you know, some of them being older, they, they don't got the, the most bread, even though they've worked for a long time or whatever. Some places like this, especially when they were younger, helped them out back in the day. And I'm sure helping out plenty of other people. Now, the backlash was ferocious like extremely ferocious i mean you had a lot of folks like i'm never donating to this other organization again especially because their overhead is crazy off of marketing and whatnot and it's not really going towards this cause like it used to be so on one end i think it was good because it made people look more in terms of where they give their money in a charitable aspect but um also i think it's another thing on top of the situations with everything from Occupy to um, SOPA and Pippa and Wanda that shows the power of what individuals can do through the internet and how this word can spread and people can do something. Um, in a bigger picture realm, this entire situation shows why some people want to lock down people's communication via the internet. Because this story literally happened in the course of a few days. And stuff just went wild. And um, Coleman's foundation, I think they just had some terrible PR people. Because they were trying to do everything from erase stuff off of message boards to trying to make people sound like they were crazy. And that didn't help up their PR either. Um, on a personal note, I've walked in Susan G. Coleman thing before and what have you. And, you know, I've done some research here and there. Their, their marketing tactics or whatever is a whole other different subject. 
um for another time for him to talk about but um yeah this was something that was kind, kind of bugged me out especially because as a black american woman and as one who did not have a lot of money <laughs> during certain periods of my life um these clinics and other places help out people and to just wipe it out for the sake of a hip, a, of a hypocritical pro-life stance to me is ridiculous so you know thing that i would like to say about it is, is to kind of give it a, another twist or, or balance mm-hmm. is that planned, planned parenthood in its in its very beginning started under hitler and the third reich when they migrated to the united states they became and 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 when they and Nazis and the scientists migrated to the United States, mm-hmm. they became Planned Parenthood. So, though they did certain things, they had an agenda that was for subverting black fertility in the United States. Mm-hmm. They might have done some good, but that was their agenda. So when I hear about this, that, and third, or mayors and who and ever giving money, dig that and i definitely appreciate the balance um with your opinion that's why that's why we do what we do and um yes that is a part of um planned parenthood history and i'm I'm glad you did um bring that particular aspect up um just for the sake of people knowing where things were and on a personal note majority wise i mean like i said there's certain things i think we all had the right to believe in our own realm and where that started from and where it evolved to now i mean they came up during that eugenesis era you know let's keep it 100 or whatever and there were some not so wonderful beliefs in terms of why some heads in that organization at the time pushed um birth control and a lot of that was towards women of color and those who did not have funds as well and those who um I'm trying to think of the PC term right now. Um, I, 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 I can't think of a term right now. Um, those who might not be full of their mental capacities, I'll say. Or whatever. And um, for that sake, yes, I think there could, there's a good reason why some may want to be like, just because of that history, they don't want to deal 
but also on the other end, I think that particular aspect of their business is extremely small compared to the other stuff that um, they do. And, you know, just for me personally, I just look at it in the realm of, well, if you ain't got shit else, no place to go. Ooh, well, there goes the edit. <laughs> if you got um, no place to go when you got no bread for, for basic female checkers, like for getting a physical or forgetting your other stuff um to cut out that resource for some places means you you got no place to go so for an agenda where we we all have political belief systems and whatnot and suji so coleman can perfectly have their political beliefs but to not put that out on front street and to risk a lot of people's situations um it's just it's just bugged out to me so i think that was definitely an interesting story and i just wanted to um, touch base in mentioned that and shout out to everybody who's um shot off a whole bunch of stuff to me about this um during the besides my own reading um just just some interesting stuff and in the day i think it was a, a a people power thing where more and more people are are leveraging this net i think in a way that the original founders of the internet weren't maybe thinking about and um this is some stuff that people got to keep on their toes with nothing ever happens when you're silent Nothing. If you're a woman that doesn't want to be involved in Planned Parenthood, do not feel ashamed. There's no need, no. Do not feel ashamed of that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's just, yeah, so I just wanted to throw that in. No doubt. No, nobody here, is, like, just to make it clear, nobody here is definitely saying that, you know, you got to be all pro, whatever, whatever. I like the narrative of how this went. I mean, there's there's other options in various places, and I know for some places there are no options, but, you know, nobody got to feel bad for not being 100% gung-ho A, B, C, D, or E. One of the funny things about the story, I thought, was that it wasn't necessarily so much even some people who were pro-said organization. They were anti the hypocrisy of the other organization, where it's like, if y'all are promoting this in this way, why don't you just say so? Why you got to hide behind a lot of centrifuge? And we got a lot of people who, when they get to the point of having a whole lot of money or hiding behind a certain political stance, you know, there's a reason why they're not putting it out there because they necessarily don't necessarily have a good agenda either. So, interesting deal. Interesting deal. And lastly, to wrap things up before we get into the tunes and all that good stuff, I know John Judah got some fly tunes this week. I got some fly tunes this week for the mix. Um, just want to bring up this one interesting story that personally just made me think a little bit. Now, you know that there's times you hear about people quote-unquote discovering various tribes and stuff up in the Amazon and um, other islands that have not been touched by what we call modern society in this day. Um, the interesting story I peeped on the Al Jazeera website where they're talking about in Peru the government there is trying to stop unwelcome visitors and logging from um, forcing out or decimating one of these tribes called the Macho Piru, which essentially, you know, you peep some of these pictures, I'm like, you got the, um, what some folks call Indian slash black folk vibe to them and whatnot. This um, tribe was listed as one of the quote unquote 100 uncontacted tribes in the world. And one thing they're talking about is with this particular tribe, how some of the contact they have with, again, quote unquote, modern society has gotten people sick. Um, there's been 
excuse me, um, various clashes and stuff like that. And you know, they talk about some of these tribe cats when they get attacked, they don't play. Like they be like beat down folks, um, bow and arrow attacks, all that good stuff. That would be about twelve thousand to fifteen thousand of, of these tribes and people in about fifteen tribes in total up in Peru. And when you like for me, I'm like when you are messing with people who haven't been messed with for years, you can't expect good stuff to happen. And you can't get on some weird colonialist vibe with that either, you know. At the end of the day, I think we all need to respect each other as human beings, and sometimes you don't need to mess around. And one of the things that's kind of bugged out about this story is the region they're in, besides logging, it's what have a whole lot of oil and gas. So unfortunately, I don't think they're going to not mess around with those people. And um, whatnot. Like, they've been trying to ban boats and flights over there, but people um, have done stuff. I think I don't know if it's this particular job. I think even about a year or two ago, we talked about a story where a helicopter flew over one of these things. They showed it was like this amazing picture. They showed this um, tribesman firing an arrow at this helicopter, like on some old WTF is this type of thing. Mm-mm. This don't look right to me. And I, people can surf it out on the web because I mean it's a. I think it was one of those award-winning photos during one of those years. Now you literally see this really um, dark-skinned brown dude holding up this arrow and just firing at the joint. Like, this ain't no creature I've seen, but this seems a little evil to me. So, you know, I hope those folks um, get some peace over there. And I can appreciate the Peruvian authorities wanting to maintain that part of their culture um, on their lands. And, um, yeah, man, that is about it. Like I said, a lot happening on various levels this first week of Black History Month 2012. And, um, yeah, let's get into it, man. This is 21st Century Black Radio. No payola infecting our airwaves. No audio iconery nonsense affecting our airwaves. Um, we're just going to get into some good jams so you can, you know, get your dance on, get your mellow out on, and all of that good stuff. DJ Fusion. John Judah, Fusebox Radio Broadcast, DJ Fusion. John Judah, making it happen, syndicated worldwide, and ready to roll. Any shout or anything, Judah, before we get into it? Yes, yes, yes. Big shout to the whole wide world, of course, all my people from Jersey and wine. Philly, one love. Black America. Alright. Peace. Alright, alright. Fusebox Radio Broadcast with DJ Fusion, John Judah, getting in the mix and rolling out. Peace. We're back with the Godfather James Brown. And James has been a most exciting experience so far, and I know it's going to get heavier and heavier for the rest of the hour. And I just have to say that. Uh, just watching you. You're still the baddest out here. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep up with the Soul Train dancers. Yeah, Nobody right. said nothing. It, how, about it, how about it for the Soul Train dancers? James, if you had some advice for young people, um, what would you tell them? Well, I'd, first thing I'd say, get yourself together. Because before you can get anything else together, you got to get me, I yourself. Hey, that's very short, but it's very direct and right to the point. 
I don't want to take up a lot of time because I think they want to get into hell, which is the next tune we're getting to. Uh, we were talking earlier about um, some of the violent things that have been happening in our communities, and I'm sure you've been exposed to some of it because you seem to always play for black audiences. Um, do you have any observations? Well, I do. Uh, the things I observed and the things that I think can be most helpful is the fact that we've got to get away from being taking taking crime uh, in the black community, keeping it in the black community. Otherwise, black on black crime, blacks killing blacks. That's got to be the worst thing ever happened because all the things that people died for, like Dr. King and all the beautiful people and all the marches and the revolution movement we're in vain uh, if we're going to kill each other and look very bad in the sight of the man the man that we looking out for is we're also looking very bad in front of him because like we uh, letting ourselves down by blacks killing blacks prevent blacks killing blacks and then i think the gang thing will come to an end pretty well too uh, we have a young man in the studio right i think is an astounding young brother because of his youth he's only 19 years old and he's accomplished a lot he's here to make a presentation to James Brown and we'd like to welcome him warmly his name is Al Sharpton how about it for Al Sharpton hey. Al is uh, the national director of uh, National Youth Movement Incorporated right Al? and what do we have here? well we come uh, to break tradition uh, we know that in the uh, recording industry that they give a gold record to those that achieve a million seller. But uh, we view your million seller payback as a black record because it is relevant and says many of the things that young blacks have tried to say and could not musically express in our own uh, little way. And we feel the payback is sort of like the theme song of Young Black America in 1974. Right here on DJ Okay, we're back with Marvin Gaye and Marvin. Uh, thanks again for joining us. This has been a wonderful experience for all of us, and thank goodness it's not over yet. Well, it's very nice to be done. I'm surprised uh, I'm here. You know, I uh, not just not surprised on your show that I'm out uh, performing again. Uh, I've, uh, I've I've got a good. I'm in a good frame of mind now, and I think I'm going to perform this year, and I'm going to go out and uh, let the people see me, the people who supported me so well, and. Uh, bought my records and everything. I think I'm ready to perform now. So you'll be doing concerts all over the country? Yeah, I didn't say that. Uh -huh. I was one of the fortunate ones who witnessed uh, your recent concert uh, in Oakland at the Oakland Coliseum. And it was really uh, just a fantastic thing to see the reaction of the people. And I think you picked a really great town to launch... Um, your tour in, you know, because Oakland people are just beautiful, you know, they really support the artists, not that a lot of other cities don't, but people in the entertainment business seem to agree that Oakland's a great town to do anything, you know. Well, uh, for all the people who are watching your show now up in Oakland, I'd like to, uh, you know, say thank you now for the uh, tremendous support that they gave me. I, I thought they were terrific. I was extremely apprehensive uh, at the beginning of the show, but... Uh, uh, once I heard the ovation and everything, I, I wanted to perform, so it, it helped tremendously. Just as uh, I think the kids here, the ladies and gentlemen, rather, are 
just great here, and they, I enjoyed doing the two numbers previously. I didn't lip sync them too well, but... <laughs> you had to say that, didn't you? We're going to turn the questioning over to the Soul Train Gang, Marvin, okay? And, uh... Hi, my name is Lisa, and I would like to ask Marvin when he's going to have a concert here at the Forum in Los Angeles. Well, yeah, I think so. You know, there is, uh, um, you know, I some some uh, promoter told me, they said, well, if you're going to perform in Los Angeles, you should probably make it your last stop or New York because if you have any problems with the performance, then uh, that's how your reviews go. I mean, promoters all over the country are interested in how your performance goes in California and uh, New York. So uh, probably I'll be winding up my tour here in Los Angeles for maybe a couple, three months, you know, from now. Okay, Hi, my name is Dwayne, and I'd like to know, uh, what are some of your hobbies, you know, like besides singing, because I know you like to sing, and, you know, what else do you like to do besides singing at your spare time? Well, I, um, I'm, um, uh, uh, I'm, um, I, um, <laughs> I'm kind of sensual, you know, and uh, I enjoy, uh, I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy, I enjoy, you know, I enjoy people, and I enjoy I like fooling uh, <laughs> My name is Fawn Keonis, and I'd like to ask you, uh, how come you was away from the stage so long? Well, well, I, um, I, I never, um, I, I had an unfortunate incident. I'm, I know if some of you are old enough to, uh, to uh, have, uh, you know, Tammy and I recorded together years ago, and uh, I. Uh, when uh, we lost her, uh, it affected me uh, really uh, quite uh, psychologically, and uh, I I really didn't care to perform after that. So that was the reason. Hi, my name is Vicky, and I would like to know whose idea was it for you and Diane Ross to get together and record an album? It was Barry Gordy's idea. Got time for one more here. My name is James Phillips, and I'd like to know: Are you and Diane Ross going to make another album? Soon? I love Diane Ross. I mean, she's a beautiful person. She's really a beautiful human being and uh, huh? I, uh, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed making that album with her an awful lot and uh, I think she's old man here in, in LA. I'd love to make another album with Diane. Yes. Okay gang, that's all the time we have. Thank you for some very interesting questions. Marv, what would you like to do for us now? Crack up, Diane. <laughs> I'd like to do Let's Get It On. All right. So what do you hope to accomplish with this then, the Soul Train Awards? What's your goal when you put on a show like this? The goal is very simple, and, and that is to have a celebration uh, that um, is solely for the purpose of, of applauding um, soul music or people who work in this area, particularly the artists, versus having uh, soul music be a, a part of, of, of another celebration or someone else's celebration and as such um, in many cases come off as an afterthought. Uh, many of us in the industry have long felt prior to the Soul Chain Music Awards that uh, soul music per se was just too big and too uh, successful and, and too uh, profitable not to have its own celebration 
And that's what uh, our goal was when we started the Soul Train Music Awards in 1987, and the, and the goal remains the same. And it's very simple. We just think that soul music is big enough that it doesn't have to be part of uh, uh, someone else's celebration whereby many of the important awards don't even get on television. Right here on the Fuse Box Radio. DJ Fuse. Hope you'll climb aboard next week on these same stations and you can bet your last money it's all going to be a stone gas, honey. Always in party, we're going to wish you love, peace, and soul. You are now listening to Fusebox Radio. Straight out the toilet, take a battle bomb that is best in a toilet. Tear the mic to shreds, but as the feds you wanna battle me, huh? You better off dead or arrested. These bombs are manifested. Hip hop, that's what I'm infected with. I'm from Godsville, I lost with the hill. Once the dirt is the worst, so you better chill. Rest in forest projects, get respect. Take you out in the sack, catch wreck, cause I'm back with a tech nine mill. Yeah, I shoot the kill. Shut you still, cause I'm mill. Prepare to write your will. Motherfucker, suckers who try to sell a gin. Get flushed down the toilet just like a pot of shit. Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, this has a you apart from the beginning till the ending. I send my regards to those who are there. Tell them what I said. Half of y'all will leave, believe me to be dead. You're no good as the making, no good as the fanny. It's definitely no good with the mic in your hand. A true king power rests behind the throne. But I'ma leave all the king stuff alone. I'm a self-made, getting paid, love on rap. And I can crush the world in the finger snap. I ain't seeds like a cannibal. Attack them like an animal. Take down whole empire like Hannibal. You don't want no beef in that very understandable. And seeds can't stand me. Those are just a fan. No matter what you say, I do my fan. Demand me! Damn, Solo Dean is wicked. I'm the fat gangster, the head honcho. My name is Fat Joe. Never call me Pancho, solid as a rock. Bigger than a boulder, you're just one name that I put in my folder. Labeled the loser, cause I choose to beat that ass so bad. People call me the bruiser. Sharp as barbed wire, and we're fresh to tie. You get lit up just like a forest fire. So stop sweating me and jump off my dock. I mean, my Jimmy, my tip, my this, my. My rhymes are you and it's so you some laughter. Your rhymes are played out, you owe it a snapper. Call me a thug, the color I'm wearing is black. My rhymes are dope, dissimilate you like crack, not a myth, not a fib. See, I'll get you open. You'll be on a mission to hit my rhymes and to get smoking. Swift dialect, so select this selection previous. Cause of practice, yeah, this is perfection. Think that my last jam pertaining to skill. Well, that was simply just a fraction of me. Seville, doing what I'm doing till it's finally done. Just to hit number one, demolish rappers for fun. To engage his execution. So don't engage those deadly from page. MC's been slain. Pushing about the power plug will be up for bail. You got yourself into this, so stop biting your nail. Heard a previous performance on practice tapes, and we were whacking. You can take it now, you try to escape. Cleaning is impossible, you try to get away. But if you get past me, you'll get smashed by Jay. Jazzy's no joke, justifiably invincible. No joking, no hope is serious for me. So, Phil. <laughs> Now I'm a part with excellent 
Here to represent the rapping is my occupation and my pocket is a mess. Cause while the crowds are poor and the money they spent, just to see you rock a show at any extent. Now nah, I will devastate and then I'll terminate any rapper that's blind. The time will create. And when I go on tour, the crowds will endure. The master rock praise was that there's no cure. So now I activate my style at any rate. Then I'll say the fuck you go that comes out great. Cause I'm a smooth operator, the female devastator. If you think I'm rocking now, just wait until later. Opportunity is come. I reach a new heights. I'm the new superstar with my name up in light. So when I do a show, it's not a crowd. It's a marvel. No, the girls are screaming out. We love you, Master Rob. Hey, this is DJ Logic. You're now listening to the Fuse Box, bringing the best of hip hop and soul music. Yes. News and commentary from all over. Transmitting live from the planet of Brooklyn. Rockin' with that break science. Rockin' with that break science. Break science. Musicians create alliance, take them higher, just to jump who you face alliance. It's wild, see the people, how we making them smile. Guilty as charged, but innocent as the face of a child. I emanate style, like I emanate miles. Shout out to the world when I penetrate wow. Coming from the blocks where we step on the crack clouds. Still on the rust, I'm dying like Kevin Loud. Break science, keep it healthy, we take iron. They said they could do what we do, but they was lying. Tell the fibs, let me show you what irrelevant is. I really don't give a fuck like a celibate chick. Could care less if you fell off a cliff. I went to jail for a football number, that's a hell of a bitch, you dig? Silence and spill from my mouth cause I ain't got the filter my 
trouble might just make you stronger, but it'll probably kill you. Some kids take the better than this, I gotta tell you. Believe that shit, I got a bridge to sell you. Real, recognize, real, and you don't look familiar. This track fit like a suit, dude, book the tailor. Innovating and stimulating like genitalia. A roll with nothing but winners, we don't accept failure. No, no, we don't accept failure. No, no, we don't accept failure.
against all of the heroes have been killed or betrayed. But the people know, the people know it's winter. No jobs, no justice, no peace. We gotta find a release. Well, if it were to rain now, would we get a cleansing? No. America is strange. We keep pretending that it's not winter. We aren't sinners. There's no ending. We don't make a mess, and we're merely just defending. Let's get to mending the peace sign, vanishing our dreams. So it seems, and how are we ascending? We must crack the concrete and get organic with the soil. Turn to oil in the graciousness. Compost is waste. Just get real with ourselves. Money won't do it. We gotta deal with ourselves. Try and help a friend, save your soul, go within, show for them an opening, crawling, it's all and we're all uno, I ain't kicking nothing you don't you know, it's weighing on my mind, something heavy like a sumo, I'm ready and I'm able to turn tables, let's begin to radiate light from our center, it's listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion. A new study purports to show that housing in the nation's cities is more racially integrated than at any time since 1910. The first problem with the report is its authorship. The study was conducted by two senior fellows at the Manhattan Institute, a bastion of right-wing disinformation and propaganda. In addition to the Institute's long-standing bias against government measures to oppose institutional racism, the study may well have merely taken a snapshot of a society in flux that may not actually be moving towards an integrated future. First of all, the racial makeup of America has changed a great deal in the last 40 years, with the influx of many millions of Latin Americans and Asians. What was once a mostly black-white divide now includes many cultures, and Hispanics now outnumber African Americans. Whites have always been the architects of segregation in the U.S., either by public and private design or through the hysteria of white flight, which historically has been flight from black people. The Manhattan Institute researchers found that whites are, nowadays, more likely to live in proximity to Hispanics and Asians. Other data show, however, that this is largely because whites are less likely to instantly flee a neighborhood when Hispanics and Asians start moving in. To put it simply, whites, who are the engines of segregation, are less likely to go into full flight mode when Asians and Hispanics start knocking, at least not right away. The Manhattan Institute study found that all white neighborhoods are disappearing, but that is mostly due to the entry of Asians and Hispanics. Black-white integration is much less pronounced. White racism in the U.S. is foundationally anti-black, 
a fact that is reflected in the new numbers just as in the old data. The study shows that mostly black urban neighborhoods are getting smaller and correctly attributes that to raging gentrification in many cities. But for the black people who are being displaced, gentrification is a coercive process, a force against their will. A change in the racial makeup of a neighborhood through involuntary gentrification can hardly be described as integration. Rather, it is ethnic cleansing and only looks like integration when a snapshot is taken at a certain stage in the process before most of the old population has been removed. The report concludes that rapid growth in the Sunbelt states and movement of non-whites to the suburbs has had an integrating effect. But that is a process in motion. Blacks pushed out of northern urban neighborhoods have been heading increasingly to the south, where new neighborhoods built on subprime mortgages are already in a state of decline. No one knows what housing patterns will look like if the housing bubble has been permanently burst. A good guess will be that most homeowners of modest means will retrench, resign to their new lack of physical mobility, and will struggle to stay put where they are. If the past is any guide to the future, we can then expect a hardening of white attitudes towards residential integration, especially regarding blacks. The Manhattan Institute titled their wishful report, The End of the Segregated Century, another example of white folks seeking to unilaterally declare the problem created by white racism to be over. But snapshots of people in chaotic motion are not dependable predictors of future outcomes. Segregation will not be dead until white supremacy is dead. For Black Agenda Radio, I'm Glenn Ford. On the web, go to blackagendareport.com. What if you could eat a rat? What if you could feed a track or be a top chef, but you ain't need a hat? That's a scenario I'm about to present. Give me a minute and I promise I'm going to start to make sense. Would you agree that every time you hear a song, you consuming it? Got an appetite? What's the quickest way to ruin it? Consume a bunch of junk, body is conditioned. You fool, but you ain't had a single ounce of nutrition. Eating the milk can easily compare to turning your radio up to get an airful. Be careful. You got to make sure that your body got its nourishment. Got to be keen to what your music is encouraging. And while you checking on the message in your beats, be careful of the essence of your meats. Now would you eat a Amadou Diallo burger, Sean Bell sub? Them animals is murdered in that same cold blood. Real talk. Dude, we need food. Food, food. Now some of y'all might be a little bit relieved. 
reluctant to listen to my theory and admit I'm on to something. Maybe you think your diet is a major change to go through. And you ain't beef for hippie fools like bean sprouts and tofu. If you think that modern music is the way it is and people need to do a better job of trying to raise their kids. Hmm. Think about it for a second. How come the major labels mostly putting out the rap is disrespected? How come unhealthy fools are usually the cheapest and way up in the front of the store? I know you peeped this. You think a diet in but nothing stops. More than ever, fellas got the bubble bellies, women got the muffin tops. And I'm not making fun, I'm simply trying to make a statement. They banking on the fact that we gon' stay complacent. Food and music filled with harmful preservatives. We eat it up like we don't feel we deserve to live. Give me some more, 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 more. Like part of a complete Why can't we have consumption without having executions? Whether you're talking about animals or people, when you consume and murder, then you manifest as evil. It's all about mental conditioning. Most of what we think we really need to lead to some kind of imprisonment. We want it now when it had better be awesome and we don't really care how it affects us in the long run. Like getting married on a blind date. A fast food society with a microwave mind state. They'll feed us anything they think will fit the need. They're trying to get our sons to feed our daughters chicken feed. And they got a pecking order. The ones without no mom and no dad is who they beckon in the slaughter. So watch what you consume in the mood it brought. Cause no matter what, it's all food for thought. Dude, we need food. We, 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 we need, we, we, we need food. More food. You're now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion. No longer will you fools or moral cesspools But the youth believe in you pathetic excuses for human beings While follow followers and their cost of teeming with variety You're completely meaningless in society Total shit for lies you despise But me your minds are like inspiring to galvanize emaciated minds in dire need of food for thought and the desire is high Surprisingly remove your veil from their eyes And you fall from all inspiring Flaws you fall entirely around your insecurity Or at least fantasizing your financial durability And sexual conquest You act like the concept It gets you so far-fetched The definition of a man is out of context. If anything, respect the farmer, not the darn bread. Hide the knives under your sleeves with your arms stressed. The seed is in the wind. Y'all think it got me preaching again. Houston, we have a problem. God is touching you in such a powerful way right now. Oh, God, I don't know about both Did you feel my Yes, I did. I did too. Get ready for super Raised in the Christian households, since I don't know how old we just been my chaperone and still within my backbone. Couple with my father, hypocritical to the list of seven golly to relieve Malvo to his outgrown. Everything from sneezing with secular soul, beatings as regular, requiem of a character, preaching, yelling, everybody's going to hell, including Michelle. That's my mother's name, I just quoted him verbatim. The amalgamation of faith, fear, and tradition for generations is the breeding ground for manipulation. I'm just saying, certain instances, it's contention with hatred. Ethnic cleansing done crippled whole civilization. At the drop of a dime When it's rumored to have evolved from astrological signs Somebody answer this and do me a favor How does one verse of Jesus yet praise I'm and rise the end of his prayer Wait, I'm no atheist Matter of fact, the second law of thermodynamics Proclaims he exists I'm just questioning your purpose Do you do this out of fear or feel the worth of because we're constructed to live in service And in unity you choose to believe A crown of brutality Murder women on the pretense of thinking They're witches while concurrently rewriting religion Heightened suspicions of worship to conform And not to be reformed 
on research. If you're tired of the devil killing, if you're tired of the devil killing, if you're tired of the devil destroying your life, you, you must order the person of that package and you've got to order it right. Don't even get me started on weeds. If you addicted to extensions, and I'm knocking your steeds. There's nothing worse than a woman that won't even leave a crib without a stone in with evidence of disease. Courtesy of white America, we taught to believe our ethnicity's inferior, subconsciously weak. Straighten our hair and only they fair chicks. The darkness extinct. Then if a bottle, yup, black is beautiful. Same crap as usual. Traded our slave ships for a fake sense of freedom. Mental slave ship per diem. We embrace European traits. I.e. Sammy, could you gladly explain where you think beach is okay? Are you motherfucking insane? Are you serious, man? You went from a Joe Lewis, a baseball, to a skinny-ass Michelin man. Or the high-speed clown, multiple meanings to the phrase. You think you're ashamed of us when it's the other way around, Tom. You're going to hell right now. And you need to work the middle face. Oh, no, 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 God, I owe that fist right there. Lift those hands before God and tell God's face.
Fantasia when the city ain't real 
crazy about their feelings. Acting like some children fighting over toys. Little boy, that ain't even yours. What you heated for? Speak your peace, young, and I know you hungry. You're bored too. Can't look forward to nothing new. But some money for some shoes and some shoes for some. Some for some. Your future's looking fishy. You should be like me, how big brother you make you blind to the L and only shoot for the W. And once your wings heal, I release you to the sky. Cock the shotgun and shoot you down before you start to fly. Ha, this fear ain't made up for people, this mean player. Call your mother over there and tell her to please pray up. You met your maker, there's none better than I. A Georgia father, New York son and goodbye. Sit back and relax and get illuminated. <laughs> yeah. This is a memoir. I dedicate the song to you. Dedicate the song. Dedicate the song to you. Give thanks for the memories that make me think of you. To God, and I know you heard me too. You the angel watching over my dreams, they coming true. I remember the times in Lincoln Park when you let me ride my bike up on me in out the dark. Hazel Lapita were like my aunts too. I was everybody's nephew that hung with the crew. You sponsored my dates with keys to the car. White Geo Metro, I was feeling like a star. It hurt my heart when they told me you was missing. I was standing in the kitchen, I barely wanted to listen. 
Sometimes I can't believe that you're gone You were my number one fan, I couldn't do any wrong You molded my mind in so many ways You the reason why I grind and go hard every day This is a memoir I dedicate the song to you Of a little boy, knew it was hard. You put your faith in God when pops went left. Never talked bad about him. I look like him. Grandma helped, and my physical and spiritual growth. I'm scared to be your father, you gave me support. Graduated from college, you showed me support. I love that. I had for you, I cherish the most. No matter if we went to broke, we still cracking jokes. The day I got married, you was there for the toast. Cheers. I love you, mama. Here, thanks. This is a memoir. Dedicate the song to you Give thanks for the memories That make me think of you My mama when I see her Handling biz, caring for kids Can't believe her leading PTA meetings While I sold Girl Scout cookies She made me go door to door She never been no rookie A smart cookie Could make a meal out of scraps Showed me how to stretch my loops So I never felt strapped But never land She taught me to achieve excellence But never get too high up on yourself Like you are better than Better still Taught me my beauties and my skills Being a cutie with booty Ain't gon' pay these bills Giving thanks for your will Represent cause you the deal I'm the woman that I am Cause by example you and this is a memoir I dedicate the song to you This is a memoir I dedicate the song to you Give thanks for the
Welcome to Media Minutes. I'm Stevie Converse. And I'm Candace Clement. And I'm Megan Tatey. On the surface, it sounded good. Internet service provider Comcast was to offer a new $10 a month broadband tier called Internet Essentials to low-income households. This wasn't exactly an altruistic move. When approving the company's merger with NBC Universal, the Federal Communications Commission mandated that Comcast offer a low-cost internet access to help bridge the digital divide. But six months into the program, communities are finding that the barriers to entry are plentiful. Action United is an organization in Philadelphia that works with low- and moderate-income families. Late last year, the group conducted an informal survey of 100 low-income households and found that none of them had enrolled in Internet Essentials. Those residents who had heard of the program were either ineligible to participate or had difficulty accessing information about it. Ellie Porter-Webb, a parent organizer with Action United, explains. They either had prior Comcast service 
or because they had a back bill with Comcast or for a host of other reasons. You know, if the tenant in your apartment prior to you had some sort of back bill with Comcast, there'd be a block on the house. You had to go down to the office to get that off and then it would take 72 hours, you know. So a lot of a lot of obstacles found in our communities of folks getting the service. Action United took its findings to Comcast and presented the company with a nine-point plan to make internet essentials more accessible. The group proposed allowing a payment plan for back bills and engaging in one-on-one outreach in communities instead of relying on bulletin boards and flyers to publicize the program. And Action United also wanted data from Comcast on how the program is doing. One of the big things in our proposal was saying, well, so what's the reality? What, what are the numbers? Um, how many people have signed up? How many people have been deemed ineligible? This is our finding. And this is all the data we have because you're not providing any. Comcast responded this week to the group's request for information. 463 people in Philadelphia have been signed up for the program, which is a mere 0.3% of all the families that they say are eligible. And even nationwide, it's 41,000 families that they've signed up, and that's a mere 2%. And so, you know, when Comcast talks about really closing the digital divide, they're going to have to do a lot more in this limited program to really make a dent if, if that's their goal. Police in Oakland, California, arrested seven journalists at an Occupy protest last Saturday the largest number arrested since the November raid on Zuccotti Park in New York City. This weekend's arrests bring the total number of journalists detained in Occupy protests to nearly 50. Journalists from organizations including the San Francisco Chronicle, Mother Jones, the East Bay Express, and the San Francisco Bay Guardian were swept up with nearly 400 protesters during the move-in day action, an attempt to take over an abandoned building for Occupy activities. Kristen Haynes is a reporter for KGO Radio in San Francisco. It just seemed like an odd decision. I mean, they should expect us to be there when there's a big protest. They should expect us to be in the crowd. We are trying to see what's going on firsthand, and you can't cover it if you're two blocks away. You have to be there seeing what's going on and witnessing it, and that's why me and a couple other people, you know, we're within the crowd itself. Despite the fact that Haynes had a press pass issued from the San Francisco Police Department, she was arrested, her hands bound behind her back with zip ties. She was later released at the scene. Police apologized and escorted her out of the area. Freelance journalist and cartoonist Susie Cagle was also arrested during the protest and was released that night in Oakland. This is Cagle's second tangle with Oakland police. She was arrested in November while covering another Occupy Oakland protest. She was the only journalist arrested that day. On that occasion, she spent 15 hours in jail. Charges of presence at the scene of a riot and failure to disperse were dropped a month later. There is an internal affairs investigation pending in her case. After that experience, she got press passes from the Newspaper Guild Freelancers Guild and the Oakland Police Department. Yet, even after Cagle had obtained these credentials and identified herself as a member of the press, police pushed her around and screamed at her. I wanted to leave, and I knew the rights that the press pass supposedly afforded me in those sorts of situations. I was very well aware of the crowd control policy toward media of the Oakland Police Department, which is that media are allowed to cross police lines, and they are allowed to be present during times of mass arrest and during unlawful assemblies. Cagle, who has written and illustrated for The Atlantic and The American Prospect, believes that police respect her less because she is a freelance journalist. The first time I was arrested, I said, I'm working for Alternet and Truthout and Good Magazine. And my arresting officer said, never heard of them. That was his reasoning. I've never heard of those places, so you're going to jail. (laughs) 
You've been listening to Media Minutes, a production of Free Press, a national nonpartisan organization working to reform the media. For more information, visit freepress.net. You are now listening to Fusebox Radio.
Ladies and gentlemen, you are now witnessing Fusebox Radio.
listening to the fuse box with John Judah. Oh 
Listening to the fuse box with John Judah.
You are now listening to the Fuse Box with John Judah. Listening to the fuse box with John Judah. Talking about yesterday. 
You are now listening to the fuse box with John Judah. To who, son? To the man. To what man, son? The man, mama. Don't you know who the man is? What, Lee? The man, Captain Boss, Mr. Charlie. Oh, please, Captain Boss, man. You're welcome in committee. That's right. That's good. Gonna give him a show. Sing the happiest news. To begin the performance, I'll bow down and kiss both his shoes. What a deal. What are you talking about, son? You talking about taking them people's money to keep us from moving into our house? I ain't just talking about it. I'm telling you that's what's gonna happen. Talking about life, mama. Life it is. Life is grabbing a chance. Life is cashing the bet. There's just takers and token, and I'm taking all I can get with a deal. You're making something inside of me cry, son. But don't cry, mama. Understand. It's the name of the game. It's a one way to go. It's a bouncing right back, coming up with a fist full of dough. Right here on the fuse box radio. I come from five generations of slaves and sharecroppers, but ain't nobody in my family never took no money from no one. What was a way of telling us we wasn't fit to walk this earth? We ain't never been that poor. We ain't never been that dead inside. What's the matter with y'all? Didn't make up the world. Didn't make up the rules. There's the good and the bad, but the good always come up the fools. Don't be whipping on me about the right and the wrong. Let's stop coming on weak when the world's always coming on strong with a deal. Baby, how you gonna feel on the inside? Gonna feel fine, mama. I'm gonna feel fine. I'm gonna look that son of a bitch in the eyes and I'm gonna say, All right, Mr. Linda, this is America. Now you want that neighborhood out there the way you want it? You want the right to keep it like you want it? Then pay for it. Just put that money in my hands and you won't have to live next door to no bunch of thinking niggas! And maybe, maybe I'll just get down on my black knees and I'll say, uh, Captain Mr. Boss Man. Oh, yowza, boss, yowza. Great white father, just give us and our money. For God's sakes. And wheeze, mm-mm, wheeze ain't one out there and spoil your white folks' neighborhood. And I'll feel fine. 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 You are now listening to Fusebox Radio. Nobody knows you. Brother, when you're down and up, when in your pocket there is not one penny, where are your friends you find you really haven't any? Once you get on your feet again, everybody wants to be your long lost friend. It's mighty strange without a doubt. But nobody knows you when you are done and out. Listen, once I lived the life of a millionaire, spending money because I didn't care. Oh, I'd take all my friends out for a real good time. I'd buy Moe Chandon champagne, Hennessy, teacher's scotch, and some days, Rufino wine. But one day my dough got low. I couldn't find a friend, didn't have no place to go. 
I said, huh? If I ever get my hands on a dollar again, I will squeeze it and squeeze it till the eagle grin because nobody know you. Baby, when you're down and out, when in your pocket there's not one penny, tell me where are your friends? You find you haven't any. Once you get back on your feet again, everybody wants to be your long. I went to school with those guys, know him. Mighty straight and out of doubt. Nobody knows you when you're down. I'll say it again. Nobody knows you, baby, when you're down and out. So if I ever get my hands on a dollar again, I'll squeeze it and squeeze it till the eagle grins. Because I really do believe a dollar is my friend. Nobody knows you. Baby, when you die, and I are now listening to the fuse box with John Judah.
Sean Judah, and this is yours truly, Big Guru, the icon.
You are now listening to the Fuse Box with John Judah. You know, entertainers are the carpetbaggers of our time. I'm forever trying to catch a plane. My daughter under one arm and a suitcase in each hand. And I've seen some very, very lovely small towns. I find them so quaint and interesting. I can't hardly wait to get out of them. This song, I think, expresses the way I feel, where I want to be. There's no place on earth that I'd rather be. Just show me the bright lights Big cities for me I'll visit the country I'll even sail out on the sea But I'll take the bright lights Big cities for me
cities for me. Big cities for me. Listening to the fuse box with John Judah.
Good night.